0: Good morning. My name is Chobo and I am the Senior Minister of the Unitarian Congregation in Sékékerestúr. And as you have heard earlier, we are a group of 25 people who are visiting our beloved partners and sisters in faith here in Concord. And we are going to stay here with you in the next couple of days and have fun and joy and it's good to be here even though the weather is getting uh, to the fall and it's normal for this season so thank you for coming and it's a pleasure for us to be here I am also thinking to talk about leadership today based on the story which was read from the Bible Nowadays, when the world has become so transformed, so changed in the last 30 years, I thought I may talk about leadership and followership. The title of the sermon is rather a question than a sentence, an affirmative sentence Why do we always choose Barabbas? And my thoughts are based on a famous British minister, Bill Darlison, who used to be the Unitarian minister in Dublin, but retired a couple of years ago. And his way of thinking made a great effect on my theological view of the Church, and of leadership and followership. So this is the reason why I choose to talk today about the well-known story of Jesus and Barabbas and Pilate. There are a number of aspects of this story which need our attention. First, the complete historical unlikelihood of such an event taking place there is no evidence whatsoever that there was such a custom of freeing a prisoner at Passover time as is mentioned in the story or recorded in the story if there had been it would have been discovered by now by those who are desperate to find history in these stories What's more, common sense tells us that there could not have been such a custom. The Romans were not in the habit of appraising their subject people by means of such foolhardy behavior, and for a Roman governor, especially one as ruthless and as shrewd as Pilate was, to release a Jewish terrorist who was imprisoned. On capital charges at the time of the Passover, the festival of Jewish freedom would not have been an act of conciliation but of idiocy. Secondly, consider the name of, his, of this man, Barabbas. We are, we are so used to hearing or reading this name, that we think of it in much the same way that we think of the name John or Bill or someone who is well-known. Choba, for instance, my name. <laughs> but familiarity detour or may detour our thinking. The name Barabbas is an Aramaic word And it is made up of two parts. Bar means son of, son of, and Abba means father. The son of father is the meaning of the word in both languages, in both Aramaic and Hebrew. Barabbas is... The translation of the name Barabbas is then Son of the Father. But the Gospel before this point has been at pains to tell us that Jesus is the Son of the Father. Right at the beginning of the Gospel, at his baptism of John, God declares, This is my beloved Son, And at the transfiguration, God says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So now we have two sons of the father, Barabbas and Jesus. But there is more. In some early copies of the gospel manuscripts, Barabbas is actually called Jesus Barabbas, Jesus, son of the father. So, Pilate's question is really, which of these two Jesuses do you want? And, of course, the crowd chooses the wrong one. The crowd always chooses the wrong one. The crowd is still choosing the wrong one, even nowadays. We want a Jesus who fits in with our preconceptions. A leader who fits with our preconceptions. The crowd crowd in the gospel story wanted a Messiah they could understand. A political figure who would free them from the Romans and give them the kind of liberty that generations of prophets had told them to expect. Its still are lingering expectations of Christendom. The whole idea of the second coming of Jesus is built around the notion of Jesus returning, but this time with a different agenda. At his first coming, he was gentle and peaceful, understanding, forgiving, people, giving people a chance to mend their ways. But at the second coming, it will be no more, Mr. Guy, they tell us. Mr. Nice Guy, they tell us. Next time, he won't be so nice, but he will destroy them completely. He will destroy the empire completely. He wants to make the kingdom of God strong and great again. This is some kind of change of our interpretation and understanding of leadership and followership. Is then the principle of forgiveness provisional? Is it only for a time Does it the parable of the prodigal son apply only until the return of the second return of Jesus? We the crowd love a powerful, a punishing God, a stick-wielding Jesus, a deity who is going to see to it that everyone gets what he deserves. Barabbas was a murderer, the gospel says. Secretly, secretly, we rather like what he represents. We hear about Jesus, the political activist, frequently, particularly from people on the left, particularly from our point of view of history. Jesus was named many times as a communist. Jesus believed in transforming the political system, overthrowing the Roman overlords, wrestling power from the rich, redistributing wealth, and so on. Liberation theology, as it is called, has to some extent cultivated and promoted this image of Jesus as well as the early communists, at least in our Eastern European culture. Barabbas was a terrorist or a freedom fighter of the gospel story. Is He is Jesus Barabbas, Jesus, the son of Mary, told Pilate. My kingdom is not of this world. Pilate let Jesus Barabbas go free while he sent Jesus, son of Mary, to the cross. Barabbas has been released among us. He's a god, or at least a semi-god, a terrorist, a revolutionary, an authoritarian. He is, he's become the second person of the blessed trinity, creator of the world, pontacrator, messiah, Christ, mediator, savior, Miracle worker, judge of the world, punisher of the wicked, destroyer of the unrepentant. Down the ages, people have worshipped him, feared him, and appropriated him for this or that political or religious agenda. We have twisted his words to make them into prophecies of future. We've sent letters to writers and artists to try to portray him. We have woven around his life a multitude of incomprehensible dogmas over which we argue with each other, because theology almost always divides us. We have made him sinless, pre-existent, virgin-born, All powerful, all knowing, giving him qualities which take him out of the human situation altogether. What we haven't done to any marked degrees is follow him. What we haven't done is find in him a human being like ourselves, but one who presents to us a different way of understanding and developing our humanity in a way that is truly radical, in that it overturns all the accepted norms of human behavior, not just temporarily, but permanently. We should look to a new kind of resurrection, not the reanimation of the corpse, but the rebirth in our imagination and in our lives of a human Jesus maybe now is the time when we talk about leadership and followership. Maybe now the time when we clarify in our mind what does it mean to be a leader, a good leader in a time when all sorts of social problems are rising which were not resolved during the Last couple of thousands of years, for for instance, what we do in Europe with minorities, how we handle power, how we do authoritarian leadership, and we as followers, we as disciples, how we remake our understanding of a powerful, valuable leadership. Of course, symbolically speaking, we need to send Jesus Barabbas to the cross and let Jesus, son of Mary, go free. So may be. Amen.